0: Social-emotional learning, it's the new way. Where culturally responsive meets innovation. Hey, Resellian ones. My name is Kristen Hopkins, founder of the Dangers of the My Education Fund and creator of Black SEL. I'm a social and emotional expert, curriculum developer, and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of Black youth and adults through culturally responsive and affirming resources. Welcome to the Black SEL Podcast, formerly known as Dangers of the Mind. Welcome to Black SEL, Blackity Black, Blackity Black, the social and emotional hub for Black people. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome to Black SEL. This is a safe space for Black people to share their experiences and expertise, to be vulnerable, all while highlighting key social and emotional skills. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to make SEL relatable, tangible, and sustainable in Black communities. So today's guest is no other than my man, my man, my man, okay? (laughs) No, but for real, he really is my man. So let me just brag on him real quick, and I got to pull up the bio because I want to state the facts, okay? Joshua Vincent is the executive director of one of the largest intermediary fiscal sponsors social justice organizations in the South, Southern Vision Alliance. Before that, he has helped build some of your favorite social justice organizations from Black Men Build, Organized with Color of Change, PAC, movement, voter projects, special projects, and also worked for the Obama campaign in 2008. He holds not one, but two masters, a master in music, with a concentration in jazz, okay? (laughs) And uh, the other in history, with a concentration in African American history. You can hear him on season two of aaron recruiters the boondocks i love the boondocks <laughs> and most recently one of the biggest bosses that you've seen thus far rick ross maybach music six yes this is my man so please welcome to the show joshua Vincent.
1: Hey, what's up
0: what's up so we're gonna do a little intro over again okay you heard my intro so i'm gonna hit it to you okay. So we're gonna go. Welcome to Black SEL. Mm-hmm. Blackity
1: black black, black itty black.
0: Ah, the social emotional health <laughs> for Black people. You got it, boy. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. All right. So today's episode is all about Black SEL and liberation. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be good, y'all. So this episode fits so well into like Black SEL and like why I started black SEL it was a very liberating thing for me you know I've been practicing this field and practitioner and social emotional learning and expert for almost a decade now uh, and started social emotional learning when there was not a lot of black people doing it shout out to Dr. James Comer though because you know he he started SEL We'll, we'll talk about that later but or he's one of the founding fathers of sel but there wasn't a lot of black people that i saw around me doing social emotional learning and, and owning it um, by the way there was people doing it but owning your programs and bringing it to schools and all of that so it was very hard for me to navigate very hard for me to get funding you know, very hard for me to sustain my curriculum and my programs. So I wanted to be able to create a safe space to highlight black people, to elevate our voices in the field. And it was very liberating and it still is, right? We're still making history with black SEL. So tell me, Joshua, what does liberation mean to you?
1: That's a really good question. Uh, my first response to that is informed by the Psalm uh, for Asada towards the end of Like Water for Chocolate by Common. Mm. And the voice at the end talks about that they can't tell you what freedom is, but mm. they can tell you what it isn't. Mm. Uh, similarly, I think about liberations, especially in this context uh, of the world we live in now, it's hard to uh, identify what liberation is, but we know very clearly like examples of what it's not. Right, right? Right. But if we're taking a little bit more you know, creative stance or vision towards it, I think that you know, we can imagine a world. What in a world? What liberation could be, right? And so, it could be. Um, and Monet Marshall is a great artist here in Durham who kind of led an exercise like this, and I learned this from. But imagining like scenarios of situations of our communities and how they're resolved, right? Liberation could be something as simple as uh, not having to worry about police pulling you over. In your community, because your tags are expired. Come on. Right. Uh, liberation could look like being able to walk across the street and go to the pharmacy and get exactly what you need without having to uh, absorb the price of high drug, you know, drug costs. Mm. Right. Liberation could look like guaranteeing that you have a house over your head and a job um, that's going to provide, you know, your basic needs. Um, that that's what liberation could look like. In a lot of places, that, those might be the bare minimum. And so when those things are provided to, you know, in addition to that, then what does liberation look like beyond, right? Mm -hmm. How far can the human mind imagine and and build a world that like we we aspire to kind of, to live in?
0: Right, so that's so deep because I think when we think of liberation, sometimes we go like overly like deep with it. We're like, we have to be free, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really these simple things Mm -hmm. like about walking across the street to a pharmacy and making sure that you're able to get all the medicine and needs that you can. Right. You know because of healthcare looks crazy right now right, right. for people right. that like you just put, brought my mind to another space mm-hmm. with liberation so what's some examples like some people that you either believe you have seen in their life that they have n- not like found liberation but you know they've reached a certain level of liberation or because we know it's not like a tangible thing right you know it's kind of like wi-fi right you know <laughs> We, we know why i here, yeah. right, but we, we, we can't see it. right? But we have faith, almost, yeah. that is here, seriously.
1: I mean, faith is a big part of, of how I think about liberation. If you'll just, like, indulge this kind of idea, when you go up and down the stairs, you're not thinking twice about whether or not those stairs are sturdy enough to hold your weight. Mm. That's liberation, Ooh. right? When you take a step out onto the concrete, you're not worried about... Uh, for the most part, worried about it caving underneath your feet. That's liberation. You're mm. free to move mm. and trust and be and have faith in, you know, the things that are present, mm-hmm. that are supposed to be there to support you. I think that's a version of it, right? I feel like in terms of people, like my, my, my mind goes towards largely artists because uh, someone told me a few years back that they envied me because I was an artist and I asked them why and uh he said artists see the world the way it's supposed to be and just being able to have that vision alone is a contributing factor to so much of the you know liberation that we aspire for you gotta have an imagination but with that imagination you gotta have some faith that what you see Mm. can be built and be you know come to fruition and become tangible
0: i feel like gosh this is empowering because i feel like every day now, just as, you know, I'm doing some work in anti-racism and understanding how to disrupt racism as soon as I see it and speak mm-hmm. up about it, that's also a liberating act, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think of how in slavery times when our ancestors were, you know, Felt the need to go back after they learned how to read and write and then teach their brothers and sisters as Mm -hmm. an act of liberation so now you like are breaking this down to me even more for me to look back in history and realize that these were these moments that that black people always felt liberated but it wasn't really talked about as much Mm -hmm. i think we we created liberation as a norm and where we actually need to praise and 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 acknowledge liberation Mm -hmm. even in the smallest form yeah you know yeah and so Tell us a little bit of history right now. So I know you are the history guru and Joshua teaches me things every single day y'all. So tell us what is the black liberation movement?
1: That's a really good question. And what I'll say to kind of create, cause I think that a lot of times when we think about history, we compartmentalize it to time frames because it's easier to digest, you know, black liberation movements from 1960 to 1980 or from 1880 to 1920 right but when we think about black liberation it's important to think about the history as linear and not just either cyclical or compartmentalized so what do i mean by that that the black liberation movements that african liberation movements have been happening since the first africans were stolen from the continent of Mm -hmm. africa right you can go back all the way back and think about you know a, a lot of great historical analysis has been done with like the 1619 project right but a lot of times the way i like to have this conversation especially with like education particularly black education that the demands for education uh, for black people go as far back if not farther than uh, david walker's appeal in 1829 right we read that pamphlet that he wrote that he was circulating as an abolitionist this mm. man escaped slavery in uh from wilmington north carolina got on a boat uh went to massachusetts and wrote this pamphlet that circulated all throughout the South uh, as that pamphlet advocating for the abolition of slavery and in that there were demands for education Mm -hmm. right and so those and that was before the Emancipation before Mm -hmm. the Emancipation Proclamation before the Civil War and so when you fast forward to you know post-Reconstruction you know 1901 Was the start of the niagara movement w.e.b du bois had demands in his inside the niagara movement that predated the naacp demands for education right was was a critical piece to it 1909 that when when the naacp was formed the 1901 niagara movement informed the development of the naacp yeah right which we all know now right as an organization but the kind of connecting dots to uh, to how those things came into fruition, the thought that went into it, and the connecting of the struggle and the history and the black liberation kind of ethos and also inspiration, the way that folks were connecting dots. You know, Mary, Mary, um, Mary Cloud Bethune, you know, number, numerous other educators kind of were all, you know, a part of the constellation of the black liberation movement as it relates to education alone not just, and that's just education. There's jobs, there's anti-lynching. There's all these kinds of things that kind of bubble up out of black liberation movement. And that's, we're just talking about the United States right now, right? And so
0: so I just want to stop you real quick because we know all the time we get told as black people, we are so resilient. We are, we overcome obstacles. We continue to push through, but we're actually resilient, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a word that our organization, Dangerous of Mind, Danger My Education Fund has coined and trademarked because Mm -hmm. I truly believe that we've been practicing these skills since we've been born, Mm -hmm. right? Since we Mm -hmm. came out the womb because the world was not set up for us to survive as African American people. And as we talk about the Black Liberation Movement, there are so many social and emotional skills that these leaders have practiced Mm -hmm. every single day from self-management you know how much it took for them to be disciplined, to, to, to travel, to pass out newspapers, to share the, the, the movement work, you know, to organize this work, to, to wake up and say, yep. today I'm still not free, yep. but I'm fighting for people like us to sit on a couch together and be free.
1: Right. Right. Because
0: today we still not, what does free look like for us? Right. Right. But it, it. It's something that we have to really touch on because it's so important to understand in the black community that SEL social, emotional learning skills are in us Mm -hmm. specifically. I always say that if you manage or if you know how to manage self management skills or practice self management skills, you're going to be successful Mm -hmm. because these skills are organization, time management, discipline, Mm -hmm. self motivation. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Black people, a lot of the times we're intrinsically motivated. Mm-hmm. We don't do things. Some of us, let's put it out there. Yeah, you may, if you're a black person and you out here just doing stuff to get money and, and the rewards, it's never gonna last. Right. But the true activists and the organizers and the folks that are pa- passionate, excuse me, about the, what they do, they're doing it for the. Intrinsic motivation. They're doing it for the internal satisfaction mm-hmm. of what's to come because the money's always going to come, right? right? And so just wanted to pause you there because there's so many SEO skills that we can pull out, but but the biggest one, you know, we had to be, of course, self aware, know who we were, and affirm ourselves every day and understand mm-hmm. our identity. And we can name so many African American leaders. Right that were our examples, that were our, our roadway, yeah. you know, that were on our, our, our paths or what we had to look at and read. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for us to know our history so mm-hmm. that we can actually know where we're going or where yeah. we're trying
1: to go. That's important. I mean, I think the self-awareness and knowing who you are is a critical part to the black experience of black liberation at large. Like you think about our ancestors who were stolen from the African continent from a variety of different ethnic and from different areas of the, of the continent had come here and drop cultural crumbs, if you will, mm. to give us mm. kind of reminders of who we are.
0: Cultural crumbs. Right.
1: It's like Correct. um so so they call like, you know, there's a book called African Africanisms in America. Mm. And it talks about how there's all these kinds of things that when we look out in architecture, for example, in New Orleans where we just came back from and you look at architecture in Charleston, for example, you see this like really incredible Ironwork on the balconies, right? That's a West African ironwork skill set that was brought over here. And when African slaves were tasked with building buildings, right, and building these balconies, they incorporated those things in there. There's things that we uh, eat, right? But one of the things that I really, like, I really am amazed at is, you know, before the emancipation, black people were not, or enslaved Africans were not allowed to organize themselves in church. Right, as independent entities. Mm. And the last slaves, the last imported Africans into the United States in particular was 1808, mm. right? And so you got about 75 years or so that go off before the first kind of formation, formal formations of African uh, or black people organizing in the South in particular churches. Mm. One of the first churches that's developed in Savannah, Georgia, uh, I think it might be just out of Savannah, Georgia, was called the First African Baptist Church. And the fact that these African slaves, right, enslaved Africans were able to hold on to their identity, right, and then when they were finally afforded the opportunity to organize themselves religiously and spiritually, what they claim was not the first, like, Negro, you know what I'm saying, Baptist church. It was the first African Baptist church. And that's like a reclamation in my mind and also like a a very clear ringing of a bell of like, yo, there is a significant intentional way yeah. that our ancestors were leaving things behind for us to be able to go back and say here's here's who you are right
0: and you know that's so good because when you highlight self-awareness a lot of people understand that a form of self-awareness is, is first identifying your emotions mm-hmm. we're not talking about identifying them every month we're talking about on a daily basis mm-hmm. how am i feeling so not only did these people had to identify their emotions, or our ancestors had to identify their emotions, but then they had to manage them right. to still stay on the course. And then when you think about the aspects of self-awareness, there's a huge piece called self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. So not only did they have to identify their emotions, right? they had to reaffirm themselves of who they were. Mm-hmm. Then they had to say, let me evaluate my performance. Could I have done better today? Mm-hmm. So the next day they wake up and want to do better, in the movement, in the struggle. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is in us, it's yeah. in our DNA, it's, it's who we are.
1: resilience, that's it. I love
0: it. So yeah. let me t- talk, let's talk about uh, a black liberation movement. What does it look like in the 21st century today? What do you think that looks like for you?
1: That's a really good question. Again, um, you know, the work that I do now um, is largely providing framing and some foundational support for organizations that are trying to build power. But I think black liberation movements now look like are, you know, and what I'm excited about is a is a very clear movement with our young people in particular, but also a lot of us that have been a part of movement for the last 15 years around Mm -hmm. self-awareness, social, emotional kind of development. Right. How important it is because we've.
0: Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I love this podcast, but I wish they would talk about some more relevant things that's on my mind. Well, here's your chance to let your voice be heard and be rewarded for sharing. In our show notes, there's a link to a short five-minute survey that we would love for you to fill out. This survey not only helps you get more of the content you want by completing it, but it also allows you to be entered in to win some free Black SEL swag. That's right, we're giving away our signature Black SEL t-shirts, but only to those who complete the survey. So pause this episode and run over to the link in our show notes to get rewarded for your time and opinion. Let your voice be heard. Do you believe in social and emotional learning and its benefits for our Black communities? If so, join our Black SEO Collective, an exclusive group of SEL experts, community leaders, educators, and parents that share resources on SEL and new practices to sustain this work in Black communities. Also, by being a part of this membership, you can have the opportunity to have first reviews of your work to showcase at our upcoming Black SEL Summit. For more information, visit BlackSEL.org
1: seen that a lots of ways in the last decade at least that so many of our organizations that have popped up that are doing amazing incredible work are also kind of informed by trauma Mm. right so and a lot of times yeah a lot of times we don't realize that you know as black people our first kind of awareness of our blackness comes from some sort of traumatic (laughs) experience it's somebody calling you out your name it's somebody denying you access it's something like that that kind of informs you who you are in the world right Mm -hmm. and so With that in mind, with the kind of ways that we develop organization, when we gather around trauma, and we're not moving ourselves towards healing and some sort of self-awareness and self-social-emotional kind of development, we are creating centers where people that are hurt are bringing other hurt people together, and we're hurting each other. And we're creating this exactly. We create these revolving door of institutions, right, that are powerful in the sense that they're able to. Elevate and move people towards the realization of the harm of the harm that the, you know, institutions, white supremacist systems, inflict on our community, and at the same time, we can inflict the same kind of harm on our people for not aware uh, of our own hurt. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying?
0: And that, I think that's the first step. And many modern day, you would say, activists and uh, you know, social justice leaders. We have to have black SEL trainings in these organizations. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no other way for us to really do this work and do it well, because Mm -hmm. then we end up harming other people. Uh, I was in a class the other day, and my professor said something very profound, that if you are not really truly about this work, or passionate about this work, stop. Mm -hmm. Stop now. Mm -hmm. Because all you're going to do is harm Mm -hmm. someone else. Mm -hmm. And... That's the last thing as black folk, what we need to do mm-hmm. is harm somebody. Yeah. Right? And so if you're listening, <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay, <laughs> we know the saying as black folk. And so you may need some SEL training. Subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. You know, look up Dangers of My Education Fund. Try to get us out to your organizations to train your people. Mm-hmm. Because what, what's happening is we are not understanding what real relationships look like in the black community, right? Mm-hmm. We're not checking on our strong friends, as so we say, right? Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to do this work together collectively, mm-hmm. but also do it well, Yeah. right?
1: Yeah, no, that's real. I mean, the the body of work that we, as a movement and as, as black communities in not only the United States, but in the world, like we're responsible f- to each other. Mm-hmm. And as we move through our communities and we build black liberation movement, um, that accountability piece is incredibly important. It's yeah. like, if you're not, you know, if you're not inc- uh, accountable to another group of people, who are you speaking for, Yeah. right? And so these platforms we have that help us create, you know, forms of, um, you know, help us elevate our voices, like, you know, that's great and all, uh, but I heard a pastor say, it's cool to have followers, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can get yourself on a platform yeah. Uh, but you also need to see real people. Come on. Right? You also yeah. got to touch real people. Tangible. And that requires us to have those tangible relationships. Yeah. And have that stuff where know what it's like to read body language. Yep. Right? Yep. Know what it's like to hear certain inflections in people's voices and not mm-hmm. just assess what's happening on the Zoom screen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: And you just highlighted a really good point when you said read body language. So we in SEL world would identify that as social awareness. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's crucial and, and imperative for black people to understand that now let's just be real though you know and as a black sel expert myself i still struggle to this day with some forms of social awareness Mm -hmm. because as someone that is being raised up as an activist i I believe you know when i met you you were like you're an activist you've Mm -hmm. been an activist you know and i I am owning that now in my own right Mm -hmm. but being in this space it is hard and i'm going to look up this book in a second and i want you to think about some books that you can share with our listeners on just like what they should read, you Mm -hmm. know, to to help them with their history. Because I believe that a lot of Black people do not know their history, Mm -hmm. and we just out here, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things that's important that we need to mention, and we need to, this is a safe space for Mm -hmm. Black people, and I'm gonna be the first one to say, I still struggle this day with who are my allies Mm -hmm. and who are not. Mm -hmm. Because in this movement work, in this, you know, activist work, in this liberation fight, right? Mm There are people that come around and white supremacy is very alive and well, Mm -hmm. as we know, and they look like they support or they want to utilize you when it's meaningful for them, Mm -hmm. and that is a form of manipulation. Right. And white people have been doing that for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so, as a someone that practices social awareness you know, we're supposed to practice empathy and perspective-taking and mm-hmm. appreciating diversity. And sometimes that can be hard when I feel like my perspective ain't looking nowhere near your perspective, right? right? Or right. why should I consider your perspective when you never consider mine, right. right? And there's a lot of people, black people, that are out here mad and angry, mm-hmm. especially with what we just have been seeing right. happening. Police brutality continues that, and we cannot get a break. Right. So when we talk about social awareness, mm-hmm. You know, I would say this is this is a a piece that I believe black people need to heal and we need to create safe spaces like this to have these type of conversations to say, how do we continue to practice social awareness in a very true, genuine way? And I want to bring up a book I'm reading and I'm going to look at this when you you tell us some of your books, I'm going to Google it because I can't think of the name right now. I don't know why it's blanking me out, but it's such a profound book and I think people should read this, but it's very triggering. And so What it talks about is all the different forms of manipulation when it comes to how white men were raping black women. Mm -hmm. And it talks about around the Rosa Parks era
1: Mm.
0: and Rosa Parks life. Mm. And it made me really feel like when we talk about allyship, when we think about this work that we're doing, Mm -hmm. how we protect ourselves in the realm of of social awareness, right? right? We can be aware, but how are we continuing to build healthy Relationships, continuing to be healthy, doing healthy, practicing healthy empathy, right? Mm -hmm. Practicing healthy um, ways to appreciate diversity. And we are struggling with, you don't know my story. Mm -hmm. You can't ever feel my story. You may try to perspective take, but what's that really going to do? Because you're never going to really understand. Right. Right? So, so you know, if you have any comments on that, no. Yeah, I mean, I...
1: I feel like a lot of that is, um, you know, I think self-awareness, social, emotional learning, and that development process, we have to be uh, intentional about who and what we're doing it for, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? And I think that like, you know, when we understand the history of this country uh, and history of white supremacy around the world, Mm -hmm. like it's not our job. um, I don't believe it's our job as black people, brown people as people of color in this world to teach white people how to not be racist mm. right it's not yeah. our job our job is the is the work is to deal with ourselves right like deal with ourselves and work on ourselves i heard an artist on instagram talking about something similar where it's like you know we're not creating the art to show you or showcase ourselves and our difference right right we're creating the art because it's who we are mm. right and i think that be, like when we tap into this Kind of concept of Black SEL, I like to think of it is as, as a thing, um, you know, much like many other things. Kind of like it's it's the, the theory has come from the experience, mm. right? And so SEL, the concept, the idea of it existed long before they awesome. named it what it was, right? And when you think about our communities going through as much trauma as we've been through at the hands of like white supremacy, white Supremacist systems for us to have the resilience. To be able to still hold on to faith, to hold on to cultural practices, to still build community, mm-hmm. to still want to, to want on, to man. have that right—that takes a certain amount of social emotional development that's, that's, that's intrinsic you. and it's inherent in the in it's the innate. DNA of who we are, right? And so, mm. I think that like when we think about it, you know, our SEL development mm-hmm. is for ourselves, yeah. It's for our community, yeah. And it's Perfect. it's like it's us letting the world know like this has changed. Yep. Y'all are y'all are operating on some old stuff. Mm-hmm. We on this new stuff. This you new know what I'm saying? And but it's new
0: stuff that's already been in us. Exactly. And we just bringing it to the forefront. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. So the book I wanted to tell y'all about is called At the At the Dark End of the Street: Black Women Rape, and Resistance. Mm-hmm. It's a new history of civil rights movement from Rosa Parks to the rise of Black Power. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal book. I'm I'm halfway through it. I'm always already like. Stirred up but do you have any books that you want to tell the listeners to like just any like quick maybe two or three books
1: yeah i, I strongly encourage everybody to uh, if they can take a look at the souls of black folks w.e.b mm. du bois 1901 very profound um not only a writer and social scientist but you know somewhat prophetic there's a warning in that book one of the chapters uh he writes on a perspectives on of Atlanta mm, uh the city yes, of Atlanta yes, and yes. so uh that book is Super um, prophetic. it's is incredibly and in, like is so interesting that for to understand that he wrote that in 1901 <laughs> and when you look at kind of what yep. Atlanta is presented to be not that all of Atlanta is that Absolutely, way yep. but what you see Atlanta presented to be there is the the question of that the other yep. thing that he 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 marks as the the biggest thing that the United States would have to deal with, the Western world would have to deal with, was the issue of the color line. And so 1901, uh, Souls of Black Folks is like almost a must read. I mean, there's so many. The Miseducation yeah. of the Negro, Carnegie Wilson. Yes. There's, but the book I mentioned earlier, Africanisms in America by yes. Joseph Galloway. Mm-hmm. That's one that's also just, um, it's eye opening. It's eye opening. Right it's incredible yeah. to read the tracking of those histories. I know we've seen lots of Lots of shows and things like that on on Netflix, right? Yep. But also, it's important to like understand like most a lot of these ideas are not new in terms of how we're tracking our history and connecting the dots. Like there are many historians. Ivan Van Sertima yeah. wrote a book called "They Came Before Columbus" about how African people had had traveled into the Americas before the first before uh, 1492, yeah. right? And so when you think about and now you start to see these kinds of things pop up on Instagram and other social media platforms of people talking about histories of black people in, in the Western, in the so-called Western world. Well, Ivan Van Serta, but other historians have read and wrote about this a long time ago, right? And so if, if you're finding the thread and influenced or inspired by the information you see on Instagram and other social media platforms, know that it's probably connected to a longer thread of history. And a longer thread of a struggle that's linear and not um, isolated or, or siloed, right? It's connected to a longer thread.
0: So good. So, listen, we're about to wrap up, but I have one other question that I want to make sure that we tie in. I think we talked a little bit about social awareness, relationship skills, mm-hmm. self awareness, and even self management skills. And of course, you know, responsible decision making is something that clearly is obvious mm-hmm. in, in what we do um, and who we are you know, the decisions that we have to make every day, Mm -hmm. uh, they're not easy decisions, but how can SEL improve the liberation efforts of black people? I mean, we talked about it, but but just name, Mm -hmm. you know, one social emotional skill that you feel can truly help the liberation of black people today.
1: Self-awareness.
0: Yep.
1: I think self-awareness is critical. This past weekend, we saw what happened in Memphis, right? Um, literally two days later I was out in front of my parents house in Raleigh and witnessed the police pull over a group of young 17 year old uh, black boys in a car across the street from my folks crib. I did cop watch and I had to do some self-awareness self-reflection
0: now now, Josh tell us what cop watch is because I learned cop watch recently when Josh just told me Mm -hmm. what happened y'all I did not know what cop watch was
1: so, Copwatch is a is a larger program. Um, I learned about Copwatch, Copwatch from MXGM, the Malcolm X grassroots movement. Right? Okay. These folks train and have been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. But it's basically how the community holds police accountable through through tracking and also you know videotaping the police to hold them accountable when they do traffic stops. Uh, the group of people that I learned it from it was I guess 2014 at the Dream Defenders Congress. They were from. Um, from New York, so they were a part of the MXGM crew that was out of New York. But MXGM has a long history of movement work and in, in, in Black communities and liberation work. Um, if I'm not mistaken, rooted or you know strongly rooted in Jackson, Mississippi, mm, right? Okay. And so um, that's a whole nother history yeah. there, right? But Cop Watch is effectively, you know, I went out and announced myself doing Cop Watch. A lot of times we're just doing a recording and we're not, you know, but when you announce cop watch, it oftentimes will alert the police that somebody that knows what they're not supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. uh, is watching them and recording them, right? And so it adds a little, uh, at least a little bit of a layer of of responsibility to to what's happening.
0: He said cop watch and the cop was drawing out his gun. And as soon as Josh said cop watch, he put the gun back in and Mm -hmm. looked back to acknowledge who Who was was watching watching him.
1: Yeah. so
0: this is something really to make sure you just don't pull out your phone yell cop watch
1: right well that and also make sure you go look up the resources that gm has to get so you can be trained on how to do it appropriately and in the correct way absolutely
0: and i'm going to take accountability to do that myself Mm -hmm. yeah
1: but yeah it's it's i noticed something inside of myself physically i had a physical reaction even though I wasn't the one being pulled over, I had a physical reaction, and I had to check myself and be like, I need to take a moment and just yeah. kind of, you know, breathe and, you know, get myself together. I think that self-aware. We're seeing a lot of that. You know, I'm not a whole huge fan of everything that's happening on social media, yeah. but one of the things I can say is that that kind of mindfulness mm-hmm. is that's being promoted is definitely, uh, it's it's worth it, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's actually I think it's very helpful for people to have a reminder like, don't watch the video if you're yeah. triggered by it, right? Uh, take the time you need. Watch this video of his brother skateboarding yeah. and living life and yeah. loving life, right?
0: I'm not watching the video, by yeah, the I way. I can't do it. I can't watch any other more videos of police brutality. It's too traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just will not allow myself to do that.
1: Right. I stopped stop watching it yeah. um, exactly. some years ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I just can't do it. But um um it's
0: the self-awareness. Yeah, the self-awareness. Exactly. And I think that's you know, yep. uh, in this movement work and this organizing work. If you don't know yourself, don't do this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take some time yeah, to some really time. understand who you are and your identity, why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of the really good books that I really love is it talks about why, um, and it's by Sabbath seated. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And It really is like, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? Mm-hmm. And if We can't explain that. You don't need to be doing it until yeah. you figure it out. Right. So listen, this has been an amazing episode. I told y'all, my man, my man, my man. He inspires me every my day. My woman,
1: my woman, my woman. You
0: inspire me so much, Dave. I love you so love much. You Seriously, too. this has been amazing. Yeah. And I just love you. You inspire that. me. This
1: is, this is incredible. Thank I'm you. I'm honored to be one of the first guests that you're going to have. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is this is long overdue. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want the world to know you more. Mm-hmm. And because you're just such a brilliant Uh, historian and just such a brilliant activist Mm -hmm. you know just just all these things that you you really inspired me so listen this has been the episode Black SEL and stay tuned for next week's episode or the week after that's episode (laughs) and subscribe and do all the great things because this is Black SEL!
1: Blackity Black, Blackity Black!
0: Thank you for listening to the Black SEL Podcast. If you'd like to support the movement and be a part of us impacting more Black communities with our resources around the nation, you can donate to BlackSEL.org or click the link in our show notes. It's time we share our own stories. Help amplify Black voices by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Black SEL Podcast leaving a review has a bigger impact than you think It not only helps more people find the show but it helps more black people realize that they are not alone we all know what it feels like to be unheard but black sel is a safe space for us and by us leaving a review can take you less than five minutes but the impact will change lives